You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome to another very special episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle. And I get to turn my attention to another power in the, the British indie scene, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, not only a performer himself, but he's also one of the founders of Slam Masters Wrestling. I welcome to the show, John Walker. How are you doing, mate? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Oh, yeah, all good, all good. The end of, end of another very cold day. My favourite time of year, I won't lie. So I am, uh, I am, I'm, I'm really, really, uh, really looking forward to kind of getting into finding a lot more out about yourself. I've seen, I've become more familiar with Slam Masters recently, um, as I've kind of opened up my eyes, as it were, in the last few months to the what's going on in the British indie wrestling mm-hmm. scene. And I know you, you just come off the back of a very exciting show, which we'll talk about, um, but. I, I guess without launching into song, the, the best the, the best place to start is at the beginning. Um, so for yourself, firstly, then, um, wrestling-wise, when did you first discover it as a fan? Were you a fan beforehand? I was, yes. Um, I, I go way back, um, to, to be honest. I, I can remember a time, because I've got a, a brother who's a little bit older than me. Uh, I, I don't really know how he got into it, but I have memories of like SummerSlam 91 okay. um, we didn't have Sky but someone in the street had Sky and I think they recorded it for like everyone in the street so <laughs> I can remember we had that on VHS and we didn't have it for long so we had to then like give it to someone else and then to someone someone else and so I can remember that like like vaguely remember that obviously I, I over the years I've, I ended up buying it on uh, VHS DVD so like I can now remember it and appreciate yeah. it, but I can remember it, it just being a thing. Yeah. And um, we used to have, um, we used to watch really early 90s WCW as well. Because oh, cool. uh, I used to be on like two or three in the morning on a sat like Saturday going yeah. into Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, so I can remember we used to watch that and we started buying like the figures and things. So I don't think I like really appreciated it for a few years after it, but I can mm-hmm. remember like, quite early, early days of just knowing roughly what it was and cool. and spent wasting hours on end playing figures of people I, I didn't really know but what you're doing hey. young in the, in the 90s isn't it wrestling brings everyone together so exactly yeah yeah that's 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 a really cool I love that show sometime 91 um that was it's September 91 that I first got into it actually so it was, it was literally that point 
um, I remembered my earliest, my some of my earliest memories. You know, Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. Still way Jake up the there. Snake, snake by the That's brilliant. Well. I know it was it was a fantastic. You know, say what you will about the tail end of '91. I know some people are a bit iffy on it because of what was happening with Hogan and Flair. I really like the storytelling, and they are some cracking matches. So, a great place to start. Ideal. Yeah. Ideal. So, sort of, you know, going on from then, and was it always in you that you, or eventually anyway, that you wanted to be involved in wrestling yourself, or is it something that kind of grew as you got a bit older? Yeah, um, I kind of stumbled into it. So, so going back to uh, like childhood, I, I'm sure uh, at some point I used to go over grandparents and. Coincidentally, then I don't know who else used to be at the house, but occasionally they'd be like all oh, other people who may have been distant relatives of her or whatever. But they were all like really into wrestling, but mm-hmm. not necessarily uh, American. So they must have all been into like world of sports and, and, okay. and things like that. So they, they'd yeah. always talk about it. Again, I was really young, so I, I didn't have a clue what they were, no. they were talking about, to be honest. Um, and I can remember them, they would all say, Oh, so do you want to be a wrestler? Like laughing, joking. And I would always say, No. Right. Uh, so I didn't really have any desire to, to get into it, which I, I guess at the time um, there wasn't, uh, say, an obvious route for a, for a young boy from South, South <laughs> Wales, I suppose, to, to, to get to get into into it. Because I suppose at the time, the only guy from the UK that you would see on TV would have been British Bulldog. Um, so one person out of the whole <laughs> of the, yeah. the, the UK. Um, I know a little bit later than uh, Regal. Well, Regal would, was probably out in WCW at the time, but he was right. He was almost, he was almost there. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, mid mid nineties or or something. Yeah, but yeah I, I made that point to um to to my guest yesterday that up until probably last 10, 15 years, British wrestling was only was only really represented by those two. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, then like how I got into it then as well was. A, a coincidence as, as well um as in like getting into the mm. the training um mm. side side of it uh it happened by by chance uh i'd um i'd always been into fitness stuff uh mm. but i i fell off the wagon quite dramatically <laughs> one year um so I, I spent about a year getting um relatively fit again and, and in decent decent shape mm. um and uh, me and my now fiance, uh, my brother, his partner, my nephew went to one of the like the Butlins WWE weekends. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, a few pint, probably a few too many pints in. <laughs> um, it was in a real throwaway match. It was like it was the Uzos and Ryback against the Wyatt family, excluding Bray. Okay. Uh, to to Braun, who I think had only recently debuted. Yeah. Uh, Rowan and Harper and. Right. Um, the, the Usos weren't really feeling it because you could see them casually talking on the apron while Ryback was doing his <laughs> feed me more thing. Okay. And uh, for some reason, I looked over and uh, I said, oh, I reckon I could give this a bit of a go. I think at the time I was getting like slightly aware of some training schools and, and stuff just by, by seeing things. Yeah. Uh, so, so I had in my head that I'd give it a go. And really strangely, obviously, Facebook listens to, to your conversations. Yeah. Because then... A day or so later, I saw an advert for training for Welsh wrestling. And uh, I started not too long after that. So that would have been, the wrestling would have been November, the wrestling weekend would be like November 2015. So I started January, February, about February 2016. Right. So not too long ago. 
No. And, and am I right if I if I have read this right? When you made your debut at one of your first shows, um, I'm telling you if this is a little further down the line, Cody Rhodes and Doug Williams were involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I trained for 2016. So I started at Welsh. Uh, it didn't really work out for me, but I met some people there who um, then found Knockout Pro Wrestling in Blackwoods. Uh-huh. And they developed a relationship with Exposure Wrestling. So we would go to their shows uh, just as, as ring crew, uh, mm. help out, just, just get a, a taste for, yeah. for, for shows. Um, and yeah, on December of 2016, uh, Exposure booked a bit of a super show in, in fairness. So it had Cody Rhodes and Doug Williams' main event. Wow. Uh, Robbie E was on the cards. Um, obviously, he's uh, in NXT now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. as uh, Robert Stone. Uh, there was a few other good names there as well. So Lion Kids, uh, obviously he's a bit of a, bit of a veteran of, of sorts on the UK mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Uh, there was a young Zaya Brookside was on the cards. Wow. Uh, Ken, Kenny Williams was on the cards. Uh, Lizzie Ebo was on there, but she was Lizzie Styles right. then. And Jack Jester, I think, was was on there as well. So it was, it was a pretty... Full lineup yeah, to, to, be, to, to be fair, especially like seeing people on that card while they've gone on to doing uh, as yeah. well. So yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty full bill. Um, I went as a as a trainee to help out, and I was doing some interviews or or, or something back backstage, and and something happened on the way down where uh, Lion Kid and Robbie E for some reason they were going to have a one on one or maybe a triple threat, but all of a sudden it needed to become a tag. Okay. And for whatever reason, uh, Nigel, the uh, uh, promoter at Exposure, asked me if I had my uh, my, my gear, and <laughs> obviously I, I had it in the car because I was um, told to, to bring yeah. it. Always, always bring just in gear. case. That's yeah. what I say to everyone else. And yeah, I ended up uh, in about fifty minutes notice. I ended up in a tag team match on my debut with the guy uh, Robbie, obviously, who was at the time TNA, now NXT. Lion Kid, who had done tours of Japan and uh, all over Europe, the UK. And then my tag partner was uh, uh, Austin Isseris, who's, I think he's still doing quite well in, in Scotland. Right. So, well. so it was a bit of a bit of a strange debut. Normally you're in a rumble, aren't you? Well, quite, yeah. I was, that's, that seems to be the trend with most of the guys that I've spoken to. So, I mean, how do you mentally, you're obviously physically there, because you've been training for it. How do you mentally prepare at that short notice, knowing that you're in there with experience like that? It was probably easier, to be honest, because um, I didn't really have a huge amount of time to, to freak out that much about right. it. Uh, Robbie was actually incredible as well, because w- a weird coincidence, I was at a training seminar of his uh, at Knockout a few months before. Mm. So he'd... Um, he like recognized me and stuff a- anyway. And yeah, he was just awesome. Like, like they made it really easy for, for me and said, right, just give us some heat and we'll, if you get nervous, like just ta- tag out, whatever you do, right. <laughs> just tag out and just look. And they give me like two cues. I got one slightly late, but right. uh, they, they, they covered it. And yeah, it, it, it made it really easy for me to, to, cool. to be to be honest. It could have gone so much worse than it did, obviously. Yeah. I'd never want to watch it back because I probably stunk. But uh, <laughs> from, from, from memory, it was okay. No no one got injured. I remember I had to do a spot where um, Lion Kid was going to dive on me on the outside. Yeah. And all I can remember as I saw him jumping through the, the ropes was, please just 
catch him. Whatever you do, <laughs> do not on your debut, do not kill the lion. No, no. Fortunately, I caught him. Brilliant. And that, that was good. Oh, that was so so it could only be, you know, onwards and upwards after something like that. Firstly, I've got to ask, did you did you have any did you manage to mix with with Cody and, and Doug at all that night? And yes, yeah, um yeah, uh yeah, Cody was um was great. Yeah, we were all in the same locker room together. Cool. Uh there's absolutely no uh no no egos from either of them. Uh Doug has worked for exposure uh, a few a few times um since as as well. I can remember just um, at that point I, I hadn't been booked anyway, so I think I was allowed to still just be a bit of a fan. <laughs> right. uh, just listening to their stories and like anything they were talking, then as soon as they would talk about like a, a match or spot or anything, just try and just listen yeah. and, and just try and try and take any anything in. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was quite it was quite surreal, I, I suppose. Because I, I would, because um, yeah, just just being in the same room as them at, at mm. that point, it might say. Uh, it's quite a career at that point but it's just just strange what a way to start I mean ideal not many yeah, people exactly. got stories like that so um, talk about who you are in the ring then um, I okay. you've gone through a, a few changes along the way um, you, you've been a heel you've been a face have you got a what do you feel most comfortable with or just take us through how your in-ring persona has evolved through your career okay. so far well, I started off as a heel gimmick. Uh, was Johnny Narcissist. It was um, it, it, it was based a lot around uh, Mike Bennett's The Miracle gimmick. Okay, yeah. TNA. Um, I don't think I've ever really told that many people that, but that's a lot of it was based on, on his, um, his his stuff. Okay. Uh, so I, I was your average. I was your average cocky heel. Say mm. I wasn't very good at it, to to be honest. Um, Personally, looking back now, I should have been a face from day one. Obviously, in, in when you're in the, I say, I say obviously, but a lot of people probably don't necessarily uh, know. It, but as the heel, you lead the matches, and yeah. so ultimately, you need to be more experienced than, or ideally, you'd be more experienced than the people in in, in the ring with you, because then right. you know when to call for your hopes or your or the comebacks, and and, ju- and just guide the match that way. So so yeah. I struggled because um, okay. I was very inexperienced. Uh, I had a really short stint as a bit of a, an Adam Rose uh, gimmick, which I absolutely detested. <laughs> um, uh, and then I had a little break when my boy was born, and I I just fancied something something different, really, because as a as a face, I, I struggled with like um, expressions and uh, okay. uh, the, the facial side side yeah. of it. And I um, was listening to uh again a, a strange coincidence it was uh lion kids was on uh flash morgan webster's um old podcast right. and he's talking about how he uh changed to start wearing the mask because he had similar similar um issues uh but then all of a sudden you put a mask on you don't have to worry about mm. your expressions at, at, as as much and you can uh, be that little bit more say bigger mm. and you can focus on what's coming next without giving the game away too sure. much yeah yeah so I thought, well, perhaps I could just give it a go. I was always a fan of like the the WCW luchas um, yeah. as well, and uh, I was into like lucha underground and stuff. I thought I I could just 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 give it a go. Like if it if it's awful, then go back to the yeah. drawing boards, isn't it? Not, at least so no I, one knows I, it's you, you know. If... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I bought like a mask, like a relatively inexpensive mask and, and things, and uh, credit to the people who. Um, 
give me the the chance to give it a go was that was at uh, Royal Imperial Wrestling. Um, I, I don't know why they agreed to it. To be honest, they probably just thought I'd get out my system or something. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I just kind of grew into it o- over time. So the the gimmick is uh, is Necrophago. Um, the idea of it is that I'm not Mexican because I'm probably not very Mexican sounding with my <laughs> thick Welsh accent for, for not, a start. No, no. But no, but, but like someone who trained out in Mexico and like em- embraced the culture and things. So I sure. like I'll, I'll I'll call out bits in um in, in Spanish, but then also I'll, if I'm not really getting any reaction. So occasionally I, I've tried a few phrases and people just look blankly in the crowd. <laughs> so I've got to I've got to change it back pretty quick. Uh, but yeah, that, that 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 that's the idea behind it. So okay. I so I'm uh, a Welsh luchador who trained in Mexico. And yeah, it would embrace the that's the cool. That's cool. And do do you find you're a lot more sort of comfortable? Do you have more fun with that? Because you, yeah, you you've got a little bit more freedom under the mask, as it were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like like I've grown, I have grown into it. And I think at the start, I had issues with my original mask was a full face mask. Mm. So I couldn't see and I couldn't breathe when I was right. in the ring. So that was pretty challenging. Yeah, I bet. So I, uh, <laughs> I had like a, a one then with the with the mouth cut off, so all of a sudden you can breathe, cool. um, and then yeah, you can show with that little bit of emotion. And if yeah. you're shouting something out, it's not just sort of like a muffled noise either, yeah. so people can kind of interact with you as well. And yeah, like like I do enjoy it now. Um, mm. There's not that many doing the gimmick in in Wales. Not that many in the UK, really. I know there's the uh, London School of Lucha Libre. Um, okay. Uh, so when they run sh- shows, it, there'll be a few. Um, there's not there's not a great deal of uh, say mass no. lucha gimmicks in, in the UK, so it, it helps me stand out a little a little That's bit cool. as well. That's cool. Have you have you? What's your sort of in ring style then? Are you are you a bit of a high flyer like them, or are you more sort of a grounded old school style? Mask. Yeah, it's a little awesome. bit of both. It's still evolving. So what I'm I'm getting more towards is more like um so so I, I'll do do bits of the the, the high flying. So I, I've I've uh, integrated some things like uh, like wheelbarrow bulldogs. Uh, I've integrated like some springboard attacks uh, and a few, and a few other moves like that, which are synonymous with probably more so like nineties early two thousand mm. WCW uh, some early TNA things yeah uh, we're trying to get into like the the more aggressive so with the with the strikes and things as well so trying to incorporate some of the the more modern ele- elements to it mm-hmm. as well um yeah. one of the one of the issues i have at the moment is a lot of times i'm in the ring with people who are now smaller than me okay so it's obviously to do some good lucha ideally you'll be in with someone bigger than you so they can base yeah. for you yeah. so like you're able to actually do things without uh, risk of death <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so that that has played a part into like me trying to like evolve the style okay. uh, a little bit to incorporate. So, I, so if I am say the the bigger person, or we're we're quite evenly matched at least, then I can uh, I can fall back on say some knee strikes. I can fall back on some more of the ground game as well. So yes, okay. I, I'm looking to evolve it all, all the time. Really, that's cool. Like you say, there isn't much much of it. I don't keep up with. I can see the mainstream necessarily, you know, I've, I've become a lot more interested in what's happening locally, you know, nationwide. And, um, you know, I, I masked wrestlers towards the end of the nineties. I mean, they were everywhere. There were so many of them, they were all different, but you kind of, it was a bit of overkill at times. So yeah. um, I think, yeah, fair play, anything to make yourself stand out, you know, wherever you're 
wherever you're uh, and sort of where have you been going across the country with that gimmick um, well, I've, stuck, the... I've stuck to wales in truth um the, the main reason why is i've i've got two kids i'm mm. well pre-pandemic i was out the house 12 plus hours a day uh, i'd come back i'd see them quite briefly and so sticking in wales has actually helped me a lot as to fulfill my parenting <laughs> duties sure. as well yeah, yeah, so obviously yeah. if you're out um and you're traveling a lot as well all of a sudden your saturday as an or your sunday is fully gone so mm. yeah i've stuck i've stuck in wales with it um oh, pre pre that um i done some stuff um a bit further afield in birmingham as well yeah i've, j- I've just stuck with with wales really doing it yeah. um yeah no, i'd like to branch out a little bit now because things are a little bit different mm. um but there's quite a few promotions in wales at the moment as I well was... so I was just going to say that it's not a bad place to be. I think to base yourself by the looks of it, the more I've been finding out about, you know, the scene up there, it just kind of seems to have exploded. And it brings me nicely onto the sort of the next part of this really is because you, you're, you've got an active part in growing the Welsh indie wrestling scene, because um, as I said at the top of the show, you are one of the, the guys behind slam masters wrestling. So sort of go back um go back to the beginning of, of that venture then when when did the idea for your own promotion come first of all okay well i've never had any kind of like being a wrestler i kind of had no no desire ever to to run a promotion mm. or anything um it was a one one evening uh me and uh uh d uh so big d who teams with uh Kubel as yeah uh, we were working a, a show together and for whatever reason we were just talking and, and we looked around I think in the room at the time there must have been people talking about their matches there must have been people talking about other shows it, it, just just listening into to a few mm. conversations really and and it was either me who I'm pretty sure I said to him I reckon we could do a show Right. And I think the, the response was, yeah, yeah, probably, probably could. And like nothing more said about it there and then. A uh, couple of days later, um, one of us followed up with the other and said, well, should we do it? <laughs> but yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, there was uh, the, the scene in South Wales, so that was 2019, mm-hmm. was a bit different to how it is now. So it wasn't that great a place to be be in, in in truth at the time there was uh it was quite fractured and there was a lot of if you work this promotion you can't work this promotion right. you can't talk to these people because they are affiliated with this promotion right so like you were all quite siloed and and like the 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 concept of say someone from one in training school being on a show from another training school it wasn't really wasn't really a thing or on mass is it's quite it's quite different now Mm. Uh, so we thought right well we'll we'll run a show and we are ultimately ourselves we are just workers so mm. we'll we'll open it to anyone really um right. we we don't care because if someone moans at us then we'll just we'll we'll, we'll just deal with it there there yeah. and then sure. um so so we managed to make contact uh with people that we had, hadn't met before so in addition to say the people that we knew uh which would have been mostly people from uh, knockout pro wrestling where we mm. uh, which we trained trained at yeah and um, 
we started putting stuff on Facebook and things, and people then from Dragon Pro, who Dragon Pro guys used to get out a little bit, um, mm. some other promotions in Wales, but for whatever reason, they weren't really then getting out. Right. So they would work Dragon Pro, uh, they, so they worked their shows, and then they would work uh, some shows like slightly further away. So something had obviously gone on somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden we had some guys from Dragon Pro working with guys from Knockout, which it doesn't sound like a big thing, but in 2019, in in the summer of 2019, it was actually a good result to get people together. And we met people for the first time, just from people saying any spots. Well, yes, (laughs) yes. If you, if you want (laughs) to, if you want to be involved, we'll, we'll we'll sort it out. Uh, The show did okay as well. We had about, uh, between about 70 and 80 in, which doesn't sound like a, a big number, but again, at the time yes. in yeah. South Wales, 29, summer 2019, shows were getting like 50 people quite frequently, right. less than, 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 than 50 people as well. So it, yeah. it was a pretty good result back back then. Cool. Uh, yeah, we, we like united, I say united, uh, like, like we, we got... At least we got people from different schools in the ring together and talking to each other as well. So at the time when you said sort of prior to this, that really was almost like a no-go. Was there there promotions in particular sort of making that so, or was it just rule of thumb? Why did did that change? I don't know, in truth. Um, I I don't know whether or not... uh, Say the the Dragon Pro side of things... Mm. Maybe they had a bad experience with they may have sent people out to a promotion and yeah may not have been great and perhaps they were just very protective right. then. Um, yeah. so we so yeah we, we must have built a, a decent um bit of credibility with yeah. with, with them um of that. Uh there was uh there was things as well. I know at the time uh some promotions didn't like each other as well. Right. So it was that side of things. So yeah. if you work, well, if you work on their show, you, we're yeah. not having you back, which right. is never great. But if, say, one promotion is offering you or could offer you, say, monthly shows and this other promotion could offer you, I don't know, one every other month, then you're yeah. obviously not going to do that one if you're going to lose yeah. all these other bookings sure. elsewhere. Yeah. So it, it was just, it's just it, it just wasn't a great, just wasn't a great yeah. place to, to be involved in it at the time, in truth. So it sounds like you say it's turned around and you know whether it is that there's a few of you like yourself doing your bit that's helped that happen yeah then yeah brilliant everyone wins don't they so yeah i think i think so because on the second one then a couple of months later we took it that step further as well and so we had guys from uh from the exist um promotion so that's all style training academy as well mm-hmm. so they they're a bit further away so they were based in swansea uh, so we had them, we had them, we had knockout guys, we had Dragon Pro guys, and we had a guy from Royal Imperial as, as well. And I'm pretty sure that, oh, and we had some, uh, we had some guys who pro, uh, mainly were Welsh wrestling as well. Mm. So I think that was the first time that ever, like people from each of these places was represented in, cool. in one That's as well. Cool. So yeah, we, we like to think we did something for the, for the yeah. scene, it was, it, it was probably all coincidental really, but at least... At least we can you know, say we you did your bit, you know, take credit yeah. where it's due as well. Oh, well, well done. Cool, cool. So, so sort of from, um, I suppose, yeah, we're getting to the point in the timeline then, the obvious question, COVID came along 
um, as as a promotion that you know just starting to to get off the ground and gain a bit of traction. What happened to you guys then when that hit? What uh, what fresh challenges? Stating the obvious, what fresh challenges did that bring? Uh, quite a few. So we didn't actually run a show in 2020. Our show was scheduled for the Sunday when the UK was locked down on like the Wednesday or the Thursday. Oh, okay. so the weekend before, Attack ran a show uh, in Cates and it was uh, really well attended and everything. There was obviously murmurs that something wasn't quite quite right go, going mm. on, uh, but no one really knew. Well, I'm pretty sure no one, no one, uh, no one knew what what ultimately was going to unfold. So in a and they had some guys from New Japan, I, I believe, over. So, like, in an okay. alternate reality, Slam Masters would have run the week before. Right. We would have ended up with guys from New Japan on, on ah. the show as well. I, I'm just pretending I would have reached out and sorted <laughs> it, but, like, in a strange reality, yeah, that would have been a thing. Um, but I'd booked up the shows. I think we had, like, five or six shows booked, talented, or the bulk of the talent in place for them as well. Mm. And then all of a sudden... Nothing, okay. nothing, no idea as well what was happening. So it, it was difficult as well because at the time people thought, ah, it's only going to be, a, it's only going to be a few weeks next. I remember like, getting sent home from work and a few of us <laughs> yeah. were joking, oh, see, see you next week. <laughs> like, like this is not going to last very long. It was going uh, a few, few weeks off, few weeks off work. That's what everyone thought they were going to get. And yeah, 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 a few weeks from football manager and we'll all be back, <laughs> back, back to normal. That's it. So, yeah. And all of a sudden then, then he was thinking we're getting in contact said right well you had this rate ball it's not going to happen for April uh, do you think we'll put this in for June think, okay fine obviously then I've got to message everyone who was going to be there and say look we don't know if this is going to be on hmm. can you pencil this in your diary uh, just in case the next morning yay the world's back to normal and everyone gets booked up again um, so, so that was my story for a lot of 2020 until I just thought oh, I just just give up, just give up yeah. trying to do it. So I was getting sick of just messaging, like ultimately same message, ch- change the date. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that was ev- everyone was doing that because no one had a clue what was what was going on. No. Uh, and obviously then we had the speaking out that come out in in June. Mm-hmm. Um, it did affect Slam Masters. Um, in, okay. in truth, uh, some people, not not many, um, that we w- worked with, uh, were were involved in, right. in that. Okay. Um, so so we. We ultimately lost part of our our roster, um, and there was uh, an ongoing issue as well, um, which ultimately meant that we don't work with people that were either on the first or the second show pre pre COVID. Right. And it also affected us on the run up to the comeback show because we had people booked, and then had some things brought to our attention <laughs> about oh. them as well. So then we thought. Uh, can't have you either okay. so it has been it has been challenging from that side of things um and as well we it's a bit strange because in wales as well because we're about we well typically we're about three weeks behind what was going on with england as yeah. well yeah uh so so we obviously we we read things with england uh like the things are allowed to run again uh the mm. rules are x percentage capacity and, and, and things like that yeah yeah we're clear what's going on over here we gotta wait a few weeks before we we get anything which when you're trying to book things yeah make, makes things pretty pretty difficult to to do 
fortunately though we've well it, we didn't run any um no crowd shows okay uh to be honest i i, I saw some promotions do that um all credit to them for for doing it and doing it safely doing it correctly but i, I don't think they they didn't look it, great it's it's so, an odd yeah, I had a I had a real uncomfortable feeling from some of them. Some of them were brilliant. You kind of you you could forget there wasn't anyone there, and then some of them were really. I, I feel sorry that they having to do this almost, but fair play to them for trying. Yeah. Um, but would it have been better just to kind of leave it? You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. Like like, because we don't own the ring, um, we'd have to hire say the ring. Mm. So obviously that costs maybe people will work in these shows for free if there's yeah. no income coming in I, I don't see how it could work from a financial perspective. but we'd have to book some sort of hall which mm. would have probably not been possible in wales anyway because yeah. literally everything was 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 uh was shut down like even community centers were, were closed weren't they right. so i don't really know how Perhaps it was slightly different in England, but in, in Wales, I don't see how you I can't remember. Actually... I sort of put my head in the sand for it all. So just like, tell me, you know, people tell me when I can leave the house. That's pretty much where I went. So. <laughs> yeah, it's for the, probably better way to be than trying, yeah. to, try, trying to make a wrestling show work when it's just yeah. got no way of actually, of actually doing it. No. Uh, yeah, we didn't run We didn't run any no, no fans yeah. shows. Um, being the optimist... Um, I started talking to talent in about March of this year to try and book an October date, mm. which would have been our second show, ultimately be our second show, Girls Night Out. Mm. Um, at the time, we didn't really know what was going on. But I think by that time, the vaccines were starting to happen. I thought, like, there's only so long yeah. that things can't run for. And so we booked up some of the talent. So it was mostly people who were on um, or had been given some dates before lockdown. Okay. Yeah. And it was all, and it was done with the, uh, if you get a message off someone else for this date, can you uh, just give me a shout? And however Wales is looking at the time, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it from, from there. Um, so yeah, so a lot, a lot of the second show was booked up before the first show. Right, uh, which was strange. Um, the, the first show back was booked up uh, pretty hastily. So it was the start of July or mid-July that all of a sudden Wales was back open, like yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought, well, I want to run a show. Cause, yeah, because um, Car- Carnage had done um, had done similar. So they'd booked up the show, mm. advertised it, done very well promoting it not knowing if they'd be able to, to, yeah. to run or not. Uh, so I thought, right, well, they're coming back. I'm at Welsh Wrestling in the back. I reckon we could get a show booked, promoted, get a crowd in six weeks. Six weeks, just right. just go, go for it. I always like six weeks to promote a show. Anyway, yeah. I think more than that, people get tired. <laughs> yeah. and, and, don't, and like less than that, I think it's there in a rush. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, we booked booked I think I think in a space of like two or three days, the card was sorted as much as we thought it was at the time. Mm. Posters at into print, venue booked, everything, and we were up and running again. Awesome. There we go. So 
what was what was the end result then for that show? I mean, you know, it's it's, it's hastily as you say it was put together. Um, I, I guess it was a success. Um, were there were there parts of it that you you took away that okay, you know, you you definitely wanted to improve upon for the next one, or did you know that you'd put out a stronger um, a stronger show for the second one? Yeah, um, I think overall the first was a good result. Uh, we sold about 160 tickets. We had about 140, 145 in through the door, oh. uh, which was the most we'd ever had and mm-hmm. was probably on par with a lot of the UK promotions yeah. uh, as well at, at the time. Um, in terms of what went well, the run-up to the show did not go well. We <laughs> had an issue with, as I mentioned earlier, so we had to replace someone then we had to replace their replacement because we had things brought to our attention oh, about okay. them. So that, yeah. that was quite stressful. Uh, we had people drop out, which is just the way the world is yeah. at, at, at the moment. And we also had an issue with our ring hire on Thursday when the show was on Sunday. So that was a, a particularly fun day as well. Uh, wrestling oh. rings aren't that hard to get hold of to hire. Mm. But if you're in a hall with a low ceiling and you need a low set ring, Right. There's not that many of them around, and there's sure. even less of them around at short notice as well. <laughs> but you can't, you can't, really, can't really have a wrestling show without a ring, can you? So I can imagine it's kind of important to the whole thing, <laughs> isn't it? Like, it, like it's kind of needed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we got one. We got one, which was which was good. Uh, but yeah, things to improve. Um, ultimately, uh, there were things about the show didn't like. Uh, we overran a little bit on some matches, okay. which meant the main event, which was it was a battle royal for the um, for the championship. Originally, I wanted to do like the the AEW casino battle royal thing, just to okay. just to make it a little little bit different. Mm. Didn't have time for it, so it was a uh, it was all in, all in one go. Right. Uh, one, um, we didn't have any helpers either, so I think on the so I was on the door mm. doing letting people in. When I was also have on the cards uh, in a match as well, right. so I was kind of limiting what I was able to do, say in my in my match as such, because I didn't really have the. I'm not like no, I'm not at the level where I can just call it in the ring or anything sure. like I, okay. I like I need a bit of a bit of a structure, yeah. um, and, and likewise, uh, D was in a similar spot as well, so he was doing the music for the whole show apart from his his match, right. um, so so that was that was pretty hectic. Um, we sorted that out for the second show. We actually had some some helpers down, which was which was awesome. Um, and just just need to make things just uh, just smoother, really. I think the second one flew flew was a lot better from that side of things. Um, it didn't overrun so much, apart from when the ring, one of the boards in the ring came up, and right. so that put like a ten minute delay on also. But what what can you do? You can't really account. account you can't for account that. for that sort of thing, no. No, no. But in terms of like quality of people, so on the first one back, we had um, Chuck Mambo and TK Cooper down. Um, I'd wanted them on shows, uh, so they were booked up for the March show that got postponed. Oh, right, so, yeah. so that was good to have them down. Uh, we had Man Like Therese on as well, um, who is an absolute star in the making he's i it's not i I have heard his name increasingly recently yeah so i uh he's definitely going to be one that i'm going to be looking looking at yeah he's awesome and we had rufio down as well um he he was really really good i I wasn't that familiar with him um 
in truth, but he he was like a last minute replacement as well, and okay. he he was awesome. Uh, so like like in terms of like match quality, I think it, it was it it was solid. Um, mm. Oh, and um, due to an injury, we had uh, LK Masinga down as well. Okay. Uh, so he's he's relatively local. Like he he only lives about forty minutes or so away. Um, but he's getting on like progress shows on the network as well now. Oh, so wow. that, that was that was a bit of a bit That's of a cool. coup as well to have. Yeah. A WWE net, well, multiple WWE network guys on, awesome. on the on the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the second show then it's just bigger and better o- mm. overall. It, it was smoother. Uh, I think the matches overall were were better uh, as well. Um, the timings were were sharper and it, yeah. it just flowed a lot more. And I think it, it, in truth, I think some of the matches we had. Were probably as good as anything you'd see in the, in the UK scene as well. Yeah. Um, like we had Joel Redman against uh, our champion Martin Grant. Yeah. Uh, which was a great match. It's going to be uploaded, but it's premiered. Uh, uh, going to set to be premiered on our YouTube channel. Um, and a few other matches from the show as well are on there. And it, it stands up. It, like like the show stands up against against anything. We had a really good crowd as well. I saw the pictures actually. Yeah, very, very impressive, you know, crowd and setup and everything. It looked, it looked like, you know, for for it to be your officially your second show and for it to look like that was brilliant. You know, whatever yeah. whatever is happening up in Wales at the moment, you know, between yourselves and Carnage and you know, it's 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 spread the love almost. I know there's a lot going going on, you know, in England and everything, but even more of that, even more new promotions that are exciting as, as those two, you know, would yeah, be fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, like the crowd we had, like 225 people, like actually in. Like, there's good. not that many in the UK who were getting that. No, no, that is that's, that's a fantastic achievement. And and I, um, I'd seen things about the show prior to again really knowing much about you guys, uh, mainly because of the guys that you had, because Joel Redman. Yeah, and Echo Reed from Reach. I had them both on the show. Um, I'm doing doing a little similar thing with Reach at the moment. So I know you had LA Taylor up there, yeah. and you know you're reaching out to to all these promotions, helping each other out almost by kind of you know it's giving the talent a another um, outlet, you know, to get noticed yeah. as well. So you know for for the shows that you've got coming up, are there anyone in particular that you're you know not letting any secrets out of the bag, but anyone that you would have you got a wish list going for future shows of, of people that you would I like? I have, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, they're probably on the wish list of people in Everyone. promotions everywhere. So it'd be great to have Doug Williams on the show. Um, I, I think he would be, I think he'd be awesome for the show. Hmm. Uh, I'm quite interested in what's happening with Ring of Honor as as well. I know. I was um, going to ask. Yeah, it's 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 a bit. I I've, I I haven't seen the only report I saw is that is what came out a few days ago. There was you know, speculation as to whether they're folding or whether they're just kind of rebranding. Um, you know what could that what could that mean for you guys if if all this talent became available? Yeah, much? well, they've got they obviously got some. Well, they have got people from the UK uh, on their books. Mm. Um, so whether. They, they are still over here, and a few of them are getting bookings and some promotions anyway. Mm. Uh, so that would be interesting to see if we could get some of them mm. on. Um, like likewise, uh, it'd be great if we could get to a stage where perhaps you could have some imported talent as well. Yeah. Um, 
if we could. Uh, they'd obviously have to be right for us and fit into to make the right match. But there's so much good talent in the UK as well. Like I know I mentioned Doug Williams, but mm. there, there's people who could really add a lot to the show, like Cara uh, Noir as an example. Uh, I think he'd be phenomenal to have on, and uh, some like like a Chris Ridgeway as well would bring something quite quite different to the show, yeah. um, and and just just other other talent like like they don't necessarily need to be a top 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 name to be make an impact. So as a as an example, um, I'll, I'll say Rufio that we had in wasn't necessarily a, a top name mm. as such. But he, he slotted it into the match, he added to it, and he made the show better. Yeah. So, so people who can do that is someone that I'm I, interested, I don't, interested in. I don't think we're at a stage now where you have to, you know, again, I don't know, 15 years ago, whatever, local wrestling promotions were probably more reliant on having a big name to get the crowds in. I think British wrestling's got to that point where every promotion has, has got their own merit you know, they're bringing their own crowds in on their own stars. You know, they're bringing a few people in from other promotions, but they're making their own now as well. And, you know... Yeah, that's, well, that's the safer way to go about it, isn't it? Because mm, what, yeah. what we want to have at Slam Masters is, say, you, you call four or five people that you know are on the show and you know if they're on, it's going to be worth paying mm. to see. I think in the early days, we're going to have to keep bringing in people to have matches with them. Mm. Ultimately, the the local guys are the, the stars. Yeah. And um, so so we want if anyone comes in, they're going to be not having their matches between themselves unless someone something goes horribly wrong. We have to adjust it on, on the day. Yeah. The would be. So on the first show, we had TK and Chuck Mambo in, and uh, so they worked the local team of High and Mighty. Mm. Uh, so then High and Mighty get the say the the rub off them and they become more of stars than perhaps they were yeah. in the eyes of people uh, initially. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so much good talent in, in the UK. I think mm. names from outside probably do help with sales initially. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I did, no, I have noticed it when we put things up and we get sales from places not necessarily in the immediate area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in, in my opinion, that's probably because of names people recognise. Yeah. But then, if you can get them to come down, they can then supplement, say, the the local fans. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, the, the, there'll always be elements. Um, we do get a lot of, say, families in in our crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's probably a lot of people who just say, "Oh, wrestling, cool. We'll take the, we'll, we'll take the kids." So, like, to combine it all, I think that's all what's helped us get get some pretty solid numbers. I was going to ask actually because the, the the wrestling demographic, I think, is so varied now compared to what it was certainly when I first got into it when I was a kid. Have you got a particular sort of target audience that you tailor your shows for that you're planning to tailor your shows for? Yeah, yeah. So my ambition is to be the promotion that should a parent have to take their kids, they will choose a Slam Master show. Cool. Because the kids enjoy it, and the in ring is good enough to keep their attention. Okay. So yeah, that's fair enough. That that's kind of the goal. So it, it's it, it's a family friendly show, but it's something that say the the adults can also also enjoy as yeah. well. And say your and there's enough there for say your 
hardcore independent wrestling fan to also want to come along because even though there's kids in the crowd, mm. it's not pantomime. It's no. solid, mm. solid wrestling, but it is something that everyone can enjoy. Uh, it's quite safe. There's no tables. There's no okay. chairs. There's certainly no explosive barbed wire. Or <laughs> can you get explosive barbed wire? Probably not. But you, you, you know, you know, you know. I'll think I mean. of it. Someone, yeah, somewhere it's, to it's try. A nice, it. safe show. Cool. Yeah, because we've got a um, like a, a local sort of theme park, quite a big one, just down the road here. And I know last year or just before the lockdown, their sort of summer show, the spring show, was a wrestling show. You know, they've got a tent set up and everything, and they have all these yeah. you know shows in there. And I I missed it before lockdown came along, and then that was it. The show had run its course. But I think those kind of things are starting to become even more popular now. There's a whole other um, audience out there that doesn't necessarily have to make a decision to buy a ticket but if you're at those sort of events you know you can all of a sudden you've got families who can just stop by have a great time and then they can look for other opportunities i guess yeah. like yours to you know to to extend that but, uh, yeah cool. yeah yeah i'd agree with that yeah that would be something i'd be interested in so i did have a chat with a few um festivals for the summer so yeah. this would have actually been before our return show Two were interested. It was just quite late in the day because no one really knew what was no, going on. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can get something next for for next year. It'd be be really good to try and get get on something because um, as you say with that example, um, people like watching something different, and mm. obviously NXT would always do very well at uh, a download as well. Yeah. So yeah, like like maybe a, a more adult oriented. Um, music fest for for example yeah it could, it could work obviously we're not like we're in the position where we could tailor the talent to the audience uh, yeah. as well yeah and um, quite a few say the the regulars could easily work an older audience and likewise it can work a, a younger audience but perhaps that would be the kind of show where maybe you would bring in someone that you may not want to bring in for like a, a family show just because their act is a little bit more geared yeah. towards uh, an older. So yeah, we, we could do that. Mm. Like, like that's the really good thing about it being in, independent. You, 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 you can book who you want exactly. <laughs> listen, as long as you're willing to, to, to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, you can open doors like that. I suppose you could have almost like two rosters, couldn't you, to do certain yeah. shows. Back, you know, back in the 90s now, I love, um, I'm in a couple of Facebook groups that share all these old house show cards for like WWF and everything that were happening on the same day. And they just, they split the roster in two, you know. Um, yeah, content was pretty much the same, but they had two teams go out, you know, different parts of the country. And I always yeah. thought that's, that's such a, if you can do that, that's such a smart way of doing it because, you know, you can be in two places at once. Granted, you know, it takes a lot to get there, but. Yeah, you, know, you gotta have something to aim for, aren't you? Yeah. So, um. So a couple of a couple of final sort of questions on the on the promotion front that have always yep. interested me, I suppose. Um. So what do you feel is the most important thing as a promoter that you that you want to offer that you can offer that sets you aside from other promotions around you? Um. Well, I think what we're aiming for really is is going to ultimately be the say the unique selling point which would be the family friendly with a really really solid in, in ring which can appeal to say that to the parents and uh say the independent wrestling fans as mm. well i think we are get certainly getting there um with it uh, i 
I'd like to think that uh, after the second show back when we had that really good crowd, I'd like to think it'll be a really easy sell when we return when we return yeah. there. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we had a lot loads of really good feedback um on the show, and not necessarily just from the kids as well. It was from totally. the parents. It was from the see yeah. the the pockets of um, fans who were probably there to see the likes of Joel Redman, who were yeah. there to see the likes of um, MLD as as well. And uh, and then something yeah, and then we are a promotion that um wants to as well um promote uh, women's wrestling uh, as mm. well. And um, my I've got a five-year-old wrestling mad daughter and um, the the first show that we had back due to a few things we didn't have any women on on the show and she was gutted and um when i so i watched the show back uh i had i had the footage back today um and you can see that how say the, the the females in the crowd react to to the women's match in yeah. comparison say, to, to the the men's matches like like it's something that i really want to be part of the part of the show and um, we've got a a women's champion as well now uh, yeah. mariah may uh, so mm-hmm. we've got the belt uh, so she's got at the moment to do some promo work with it um and there's not that many promotions in wales with a women's champion um, no. so, so i think that can help us stand out a little bit as well yeah. so if we can have uh women on the show uh really really treat tr- much like um uh wwe and uh impact have like yeah. treat it as a, a really big aspect of the show um yes. I'm, I'm quite keen on that treat it treat it as as big as say the slam masses champ- yeah. championship i was going to say it's, so, it's yeah so that that's helped us stand out such a revolution in the, in the last i don't know how many years but women's wrestling where when i grew up with it in the mid mid to late 90s it was just a joke it was yeah. you know it was it was the bit in the bit of fluff in the middle of the show now it really is um you know a force to be reckoned with so yeah yeah play. yeah 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 i think i think in wales the only promotion that's got a women's champion is uh is exposure okay. um so, so the out of about potentially 10 plus promotions in wales there's two of us with cool. a women's champion so you so, you you've got the scope to attract a lot of the women's wrestlers from across yeah, the UK, really. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Cool. Yeah, so so it was, um, yeah. So so we had yeah, like like to, to bring in uh, as you mentioned earlier, like a, an Echo Reed and Ellie Taylor. Mm. Um, that that was their first time in Wales, I, I believe. I might be wrong about that. I'm I'm sure they said that was the first time they'd wrestled in Wales. Right. Um, yeah, as, as we've got. The women's championship and i'd like to think that would offer us more credibility than just saying oh we we'd like to bring you in for a match yeah quite whereas we could say now uh we've got the women's championship we're really keen on making this the perhaps the most prestigious championship in wales initially for, yeah. for women and then hopefully further afield as well yeah uh yeah I, i'd like to think that would mean we can attract good good talent absolutely perhaps, ho- hopefully that side of it yeah. So, yeah so that in addition to us offering a, a really strong in-ring product mm-hmm. but something that everyone can enjoy uh i'm not interested in hardcore stuff at all no like, that's I, fine yeah that's fine i was never massively into that as a fan to be fair it was it was entertaining for a little bit but 
you know, then I just kind of, I, I, I yearned for just the normal, straightforward, competitive <laughs> in-ring match. What's wrong with the wrist lock, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, just finally... I've been on some shows with like hardcore stuff as well, and like people find it uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, like I've been on some shows and all of a sudden someone's going through a table and like people don't really want to watch it. Like, no. it's, it's a bit it's a bit odd. Is that is that from the fan point of view or is that the guys that are in, involved as well? You know, what's the I think a bit of everyone really yeah. like, well, yeah. why? Like, yeah, why? Exactly. like if you're into that stuff, all credit to you. And if as a worker and if you like to do it, mm. great. But we wouldn't be having it on a slam after the show. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, that's that's one thing I don't think that's going to turn people away at the door. If you no, promote no, that, so. exactly. Um, and just finally, um, as you know, through your career as a as a performer, as an in ring uh, performer, the promotions that you've worked for. Now, not to name names here, I, I'm just intrigued. One, when you were sort of developing ideas for your own promotion, or since when you've been running it. Have you experienced some like pitfalls that, of, of issues from a promotional front that you want to avoid that you pointedly have seen happen because you've been around them, but you 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 said to yourself, I don't want that to happen to me, or I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, more more happy to share. So we've we obviously aren't into the well, if you work these guys, mm. you can't work with us. Um with the amount of promotions in Wales, that could become a thing but not because we don't want people mm. it's because you might need to try and make your show stand out or be a little bit yeah. different roster wise compared yeah. to whoever's 10 minutes down the road mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it, it's certainly never going to be a blanket well if you work these places you're not working working here so yeah, yeah that's something which goes on that we'd always avoid um other things as well that um we don't really really like is like i wouldn't want to put a show on the same day as someone if i can help it yeah that goes on that happened to us on our first show back in 2019 mm. um as for whatever reason a place that we knew as well right for whatever reason thought right we'll put something on when you put it on oh. they ended up with like 10 people in the crowd so you know oh well, there you go <laughs> yeah yeah. More full then. <laughs> yeah 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 and you think like yes yeah, so we wouldn't want to do that uh we'd like to stick to our own area as, as okay. well yeah um, there are things where out of nowhere people um put shows on all, all, almost out of some people could say it's spiked like like i i totally get where like someone would put a show on and then i know they want to expand 10 15 minutes down the road as a as an right. example yeah and i think that that's perfectly fine and it makes sense too because it's on your on on your road mm. it's just when someone goes like an hour and a half out of, out of their way to just just, just cause problems yeah. like there's absolutely no need for it no yeah so so yeah it would uh i'd avoid doing that at all times as well and yeah mm-hmm. I, like just like we've got a fairly nice base where we are there's uh there's decent space between venues which we we could potentially working without interfering what what anyone else is doing okay. as well so yeah there's absolutely no need to tread on tread on toes or anything That's like good. that yeah so basically we'd avoid avoid blocking people from working places avoid stepping on toes yeah. and ideally not run on the same day as people sounds like sort of old school territory territory mentality yeah. is coming back That's good. That's yeah good. well there's so many in wales you kind of need it yeah because a lot of, like in, in the space of 
about an hour's drive. Yeah. Potentially there's like 10 or 11 promotions. <laughs> it's, Are you always sort of concentrating around the same kind of area? Because Wales is quite big. There's obviously some areas that... Yeah, like there's not a huge amount in North Wales, so there's probably no. an opportunity up, up there. Mm. Um, there might be one, there might be one or so, like, but after, yeah, between after Swansea, there's not a huge amount. Okay. Up, but between, say, Swansea and Newport, with a bit of a detour in the middle, yeah. is, is cool. a lot. Like, not everyone has come back yet, and I don't know if all of them right. are. Right. But it's just a lot. Like, it's a lot to, to try and make yourself stand out as yeah. well. And there's only yeah. so much talent as well that to go around. To go around, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, let's let's see what the future holds. Like you say, you yeah. Know, the, the 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 strongest will survive, I suppose. You know, and yeah, from a, from a fan's point of view, it's brilliant. I can imagine, you know, sport for choice. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's it's. It, I can imagine the challenges that brings as a promoter. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of them really would, the big one would be to just to try and make yourself stand out. Because if you've got shows every weekend, mm. there's probably not much point having someone who's on three of them, three of no. them shows, is there? Like, you wanna, unless they're going to attract an audience, which if they were, they probably would attract them to the shows they were on before you probably. as well. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. It's in, it, John, is, it is tough. So hopefully, not everyone will come back. Is, this is. Knows. This has been fantastic talking to you, mate. I, I, I feel like I could I, I could get inside your head a lot to learn what you know about this because I the 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 whole backstage thing's always fascinated me, you know. Um apart from early dreams of wanting to, you know, as I was growing up, wanting to be a wrestler, whatever, which never happened. You know, more the 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 what goes on behind the scenes has fascinated me, which is why I've really enjoyed delving into, you know, all you guys that are that are out there doing it. Um, but sort of just to before we finish and before I give you the floor to plug the hell out of what's left right. of, uh, of of Slam Masters and yourself, just jumping back into your your fan self. So a couple yeah. of, couple of questions I like to sort of finish off with just to give us an idea of how your mind works as a wrestling fan. Um, so what one that I that's really just sort of come to me recently. This is one of my as a fan one of my favorite times of the year. Survivor Series, one of my my favorite of the, the big events or used to be have you got any particularly fond or favorite survivor series memories or events that you you like to go back to even now uh it's not a traditional survivor series event as such but i really like the deadly game tournament of 98 i watched that yesterday yeah. you know and i hadn't seen that for years and i completely forgot how good that was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm totally with you yeah. i I, I was very much one. I was a stalwart for the traditional Survivor Series concept, and I hated it when they broke that up. But just I forgot the story and the drama that went through that. Yeah, one. it was fantastic. Yeah, if you liked it, it's worth digging out one of Vince Russo's old podcasts, and he basically broke down everything that they did with The Rock on the run-up to it okay. as well. Right. But it was like it was like. Um, he likened it to the sixth sense where basically the whole film is screaming at you i, I won't give the actual spoil in case no one's ever seen it yeah yeah, yeah. Like they should have it was like the late 90s uh, <laughs> but basically it's showing you the ending all the way through and that's what they they did like like all the way through you could see like what was even then like rock was attacking vince he wasn't and like like it was so well done like the whole the whole ah, thing okay 
but yeah, I'm it's it's worth that. if you if it is still available, it's worth having a yeah a listen to. But yeah, that's yeah. I think like and just the flow of it, it it's really yeah, it's a really good one. Um, yeah. other Survivor series, um, a lot a lot of them have merged into one. But I would have thought the like Invasion era as well would probably had a ridiculously mm. strong card. But I can't think of off the off the top of my head. Is that the that would be two thousand one the WCW yeah where yeah. WCW folded they had the potential didn't they again this is a show that this if I've got one podcast ever left to do it is the one to talk yeah. about the invasion and why it went wrong um, that Survivor Series could have been I mean it was good on paper but it could have been so much more yeah because you yeah, you, you had so much to you know you really could have finished that strong and it just for me anyway. That's that's another two or three hours show. I've yeah. Got to go through and what about the elimination chamber one? Would that have been two thousand two or that was two two? Is that the one where Shawn Michaels won the the world yes. title? Yeah. I have a feeling that was two thousand two. I can't remember two thousand two, two thousand three. The two thousand two springs to mind. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I've only seen, ever seen that once. I'm trying to track it down. I don't have the network, so I've not been able to go back to it. Yeah. But I was a massive Shawn Michaels fan when I was growing up. It was. It was odd to see him come back because I kind of thought, should you be doing this? But then seeing yeah. him, seeing him not in the brown tights as well. I know it was a bit odd, wasn't it? Yeah, but seeing him with the big gold, that was quite a cool moment, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, quite a cool moment. Okay, final question, probably the one that people hate me asking, yeah. but I love asking this on the spot. Um, your wrestling Mount Rushmore. Okay, who, who would be on it? Is that four? That's four. It is four people. Yeah, four. Okay. Bret Hart, mm-hmm. because do I have to explain why? I can explain. Why. I don't think you have to explain why for Bret Hart. I'm with you on that. No, one. no, <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, I'll probably apply the same logic to Bret though as the others. So Bret, okay. he could work heel, he could work face, he could talk, he could do everything. Yeah, uh, he could probably even get a half good match out of me, like a nice sack. So Bret uh, on that as well. They wouldn't be wrestling as we know it without Hulk Hogan. Mm. Um, likewise, Ric Flair, mm-hmm. and what about to be slightly controversial, John Cena? I was knew you were going to say that, it's... as he carried WWE for about ten years when it was nothing, when it was yeah. certainly not cool. So, yeah. and I, I, he... I think all the fans were screaming they hated him in that, but what did they do? They tuned in every week. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and his matches good. actually become really good as well. Yeah. Um, the only one I, I, I would I'd consider trading him out for CM Punk, but only on the basis that because Punk worked, if yeah. Punk didn't work in WWE, you probably wouldn't have had NXT, you wouldn't have had a Daniel Bryan, you no. probably wouldn't have had an AJ Styles appear in WWE ever. Yeah, true, but John Cena ultimately carried WWE for so long, so he, he gets the nod. I like that. No, that's fine. That's fine. I cannot argue with that at, at all. And Waiting for the hate to come towards me now. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I've had that many variations on it. It's fantastic. I just love to see how people's minds work because I, I've sat there and I've seen so many debates on Facebook about this as if there can only ever be one. And I'm kind of thinking <laughs> everyone's gone through this with their own opinions on it anyway throughout the years. You know, your own experience of wrestling is based on what you enjoy yeah. so you know yeah mine's completely different mine probably changes every single time i wake up so 
Um, like how could you not include the end? And again, like how could you not include the Undertaker? But I, I didn't. <laughs> like, no. This probably the most successful gimmick ever, and he's just not on there. This is what I love about this because when you when you sit there, you go with your gut feeling first, and then you start. No, well, what about? I can't go without. You know, there isn't yeah. possible to just have four, but you know, yeah, I like it. So perhaps based on what we learned about on uh, on Dark Side of the Ring, Rick Flair can get the boot, and we'll put the Undertaker in. Ah, there we go. Okay, we <laughs> I like you. I like your justifications. Yeah, doing it a lot of thought. Listen, John, thanks, thanks so much again, mate. And yeah, before you go, um, I think you've you've managed to convince a lot of people, you know, as to why they should come and see a Slam Masters show. But let, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find Slam Masters, where are you on social media, where are you in person, where can they find you? Okay, so on socials we are Slam Masters Wrestling. Uh, so that's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we have got a Twitter, but I'm not a big fan of Twitter. I, every every time I've tweeted, I've basically had to drop someone from a show, so I, I try not to oh, try okay. not to tweet too much. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, we have got a website as well, which is slammasterswrestling.com. Uh, that's going through some work, so we I've just added a bit uh, like a, a roster page. Uh, it's got all the results to our shows where we sell tickets as well. Uh, we haven't got any dates uh, confirmed for next year yet, but if you have a look on uh, on Facebook and Instagram. As soon as we got them, we'll put them on there. And if uh, for whatever reason you're interested in me as a as a talent, I'm Necrofago Lucha on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And are you are you popping up anywhere else as Necrofago before the Slam Masters show? Or yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm part of the Carnage roster. Um, so so I'll be working on their shows. Uh, I'm working uh, for Exposure Wrestling in December, and I'm also on uh, the Royal Imperial Show in November as well. Yeah, ideal. Listen, thank you again. You're welcome back at any time. You know, oh, I'd, you. I'd love to. You know, when um, when you've got your your shows lined up for next year, come back on. I'd love to, I'd love know, to. discuss it. See 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 what the new year brings, um, and you know, all the all the best for all the performances under the mask. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll no yeah. doubt be keeping up with that. I'm, you know, very much, very much firmly behind Carnage and, and everything they're doing at the minute. So, but uh, yeah. So uh, thank you again, and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.